Hey, Chilies. Hope you're having a great week. I already did a pretty long intro um, when I was with my guests, so I'll keep it short. But uh, this is another short episode this week. I apologize. I've had a ton of things going on. But if you are a Patreon, I also posted an original story that I wrote for a contest that I lost. <laughs> but I was like, I got to do something with this. So I threw it up for you. I really hope you enjoy it. One more thing. I just want to do a trigger warning. Our stories are about um, events that happen in sports. Some of them are sad. Some are talk about suicides or sudden deaths. Same with my story. It can be kind of triggering. There is a sudden death in that as well. So I just wanted to give you a heads up before you listen. Thanks. And I hope you enjoy this episode. It's with my boyfriend, Dan. So enjoy. Real chills with Meg Gats. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey, Chilies. I hope you're having a great week. It's been weird in Philly recently. Uh, it's been hot and cold, rainy, summery. Uh, so just a roller coaster of seasons and emotions. <laughs> uh, I apologize for not having an episode last week and for a short episode this week. Some things in my life are just getting busy, which is great, exciting. Hopefully I'll have good news for you soon. Um, but it does mean that um, I get a little behind sometimes. So I do apologize for that, but we do have an episode for you today and we have a very fun guest. It's Dan. Dan hey. is back. Hey. <laughs> how are you feeling i feel great that's awesome why do you feel so great because i just recorded the episode of my show that'll come out next week and it was really fun it was really good very cool no one listened to that just mine <laughs> you'll have plenty of time to hear feel feelings too <laughs> just kidding go listen it's really fun i'm gonna try to snipe that guest for our show anyway so uh you know <laughs> Gonna you scoop her. you're gonna scoop her you're gonna get your episode out first <laughs> yeah yeah gonna, like in the old timey news i'm gonna scoop her and then no one's gonna want to listen to your podcast <laughs> capitalism again <laughs> why is it always ruining my life it's always <laughs> around the corner <laughs> oh man anyway i am um, i wasn't sure what to do this week and then i remembered that you love sports correct still love sports yeah it still comes up I was uh, <laughs> I I had ten minutes between podcasts and I spent them watching baseball. So, oh, did they win? They are currently playing. Oh, cool. Okay. Last last I looked, it was five four. And for the listeners, you already know the outcome. Of it's the Phillies. Yeah. I'm gonna say they lost. Yeah, that's the trend. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, do you like uh ghosts as well? Um like like ghost stories i like ghost stories <laughs> maybe not ghosts themselves I yeah like I, don't, I don't want to meet a ghost fair enough um but today we're going to talk about five ghosts haunting the sports world whoa what i know um this is an article by ethan trex for mental floss and it was published may 15th of 2008 oh so there's probably even more ghosts. The story itself has a ghost, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe Ethan Trex is a ghost. I hope not. That's not funny. But yeah, it's interesting because I personally don't really can, like think about like the sports world when I think about ghosts because you're always thinking about like spooky, dimly lit, not populated 
areas and like sports arenas and sports games are the exact opposite bright loud full of people <laughs> yeah yeah no ghost is hiding in the shadows if there aren't any shadows yeah so ghosts that haunt stadiums are like a different breed i feel like pretty brave it's a commitment <laughs> yeah still painting their face <laughs> yeah um so yeah let's get into it um so in this article it's not about just ghosts i think it's also um like famous athletes that are ghosts Ooh. <laughs> so the first one is about Eddie Plank. Do you know Eddie Plank? Um, no. Okay. Well, he was <laughs> a major league. He was major league baseball's first left-handed pitcher. Go lefty! Well, oh, to win three hundred games. <laughs> <laughs> still, still to win three hundred games. That's I'm not nothing. <laughs> so weird. And he ended his illustrious career in 1917 with an impressive 326 victories against just 194 losses. That's not for baseball. Yeah. He won three fourths of the games he played. That's wild. Baseball was different in 1917. Oh, that's true. I forgot what year it was. <laughs> it was missing a core demographic for one. <laughs> um, Yikes. <laughs> good old Eddie left hand plank. Um, that <laughs> yeah, that's a real old timey nickname. Thank you. Just gave you. <laughs> uh, fun fact: I always wanted a nickname. I wanted to be called Lefty. No one would call me it. So here we go. No are. one believes you're a left-handed person. <laughs> they're like, it's not you. I was like, you, I don't have enough spirit. Part. You can't take Lefty culture, you fraud. <laughs> anyway, you think all that pitching would have made him eager to move on to other endeavors, but apparently not. Although Plank passed away in 1926, which is surprisingly soon after ending his career, right? 1917? Yeah. That's, I mean, maybe he was old for the time. Who knows? Oh, this is a fun, this is a 90s ghost story. All my 90s babies. In 1996, the Hall of Famer apparently got the urge to start pitching again. In the middle of the night, the owner of the Gettysburg PA house where Plank had died heard a repetitive series of noises. A man would grunt, then there would be a thud and the sound of footsteps. Apparently, Plank was launching pitches to a catcher who would occasionally have to chase down an errant toss. The owner determined that not only must the noises have come from Plank's ghost, but that the ball was traveling 60 feet, 6 inches, exactly the distance from the pitcher's mound to home plate in baseball. The noises supposedly stopped within a month of the first pitch, possibly because ghosts play a shorter season than living baseball players. What? <laughs> I know that's a lot. I mean, ghost ball. I know them. Them insinuating that they have a one month season is hilarious. Does it happen every year? Um, I you know I didn't do the follow up work. If you want to Google Eddie Plank's ghost, it started in 1996, the year my brothers were born. I was only I, I wasn't even born yet. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was born. Um, unfortunately. But of course, okay, so he owned a house in Gettysburg. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's cheating. They just kept him. They saw how good he was, and they were like, you know, the Union soldiers need a, a pitcher. Yeah, they're like, you know, we've been looking for a pitcher for a while. That is just so crazy. It's crazy to also think that there's ghosts in Gettysburg that aren't soldiers that are just like, ugh. All right, so... Surrounded by soldiers. I... It it doesn't add anything to the story, really, but I found another article about him, and I just want to read the one quote from the article. 
Peter Stitt, a Gettysburg College professor and the editor of the Gettysburg Review, was sleeping with his wife and their dog Roscoe Tanner. In parentheses, long story, don't ask. When he heard strange, <laughs> when he heard a strange noise come from downstairs. <laughs> that dog has its own first and last name. That's so funny. Yeah, that that was apparently in the uh, the article that this one is referencing. Don't ask. Yeah, that was the the quote that they took from a longer article about this. I just love that he knows, like he timed it because he's like that ball is definitely traveling traveling sixty feet. Yeah, that's the guy who really wanted it to be a pitcher. He was timing it. And also, does that mean, like, there's a catcher, an unnamed catcher? Do you think it took him 40 years because, like, a catcher didn't die yet? <laughs> that's got a catcher he likes. Or not 40 years, 70 years. 1926. Yeah, that's weird. He probably had a message. He probably wanted, like, um, what was the dog's name? Tanner? <laughs> Roscoe Tanner. <laughs> Roscoe. Air Bud. The Major League Baseball Association, you know, and then uh, I'm a dog. I wonder if the dog heard it too. I'm gonna go find this other article. I wasn't going to, but now I am. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the long story. I'm not supposed to ask about. I highly doubt they interviewed the dog, Dan. Be well, serious. The guy would. The guy would. You would have to. It's like journalistic integrity. If you don't interview everybody involved in the story. But in all seriousness, um. I this is one of those things where I'm like maybe he just wanted to play some ball at his house one last time or like he just wasn't ready to leave yet. Just picture like a 1920s guy in his living room like I got to got to warm up, can't go outside. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, I should move on. It's been 70 years. I'm going to play a little bit more baseball and then you, move on. This you is know probably the just crazy baseball. part of this story what some of the pitches were bad yeah there were errant balls i didn't even think about that like the catcher had to run after it like i'm I'm reading it here the ball would sometimes hit the glove bounce off the wall and the catcher would run after it and pick it up they could just hear all of this not see it right yeah for a month from from february to uh from the 24th of february to march 31st wow but it also doesn't say if it happened again. Huh. For a whole month. Oh, hold on a second. I need to show you a picture. Okay. <laughs> Do you see? Oh my god. All right. So, what is this? I I just realized what this is. It's an interview Seemingly in the 90s with Eddie Plank. Oh my god. Look at this guy and look at the caption. Our ghost hunter always. <laughs> he's awaiting the pitch. He also looks like he's awaiting sentencing. He looks scary. So I'm I'm um, trying to find I think we're on a ghost hunt in this article. Yeah, so this is an ESPN article, it looks like. Yeah. Um, it looks like ESPN went to the house to interview. So I was scrolling through that article, and thank God they put a picture in here, because I would not have stopped to read the caption. <laughs> but An insane picture. They, I don't, I don't know who Denver is, but the, the author of the article and someone named Denver found Reverend Francine Milano, who is a trained spiritualist minister, 
and somehow convinced everybody involved to go and try to get Eddie Plank to pitch to the writer and then try to get him to do an interview. Amazing. I love this. I'm obsessed with this. This is this is the type of journalistic integrity I'm talking about. Right. So going above they and go, beyond. Yeah, above and beyond for sure. So they go to this backyard and they set up like they're going to be playing baseball with playing, right? Yes. And they actually have like a, a 1905 vintage bat. They really go above and beyond to get every detail as aligned as possible to try to talk to this baseball ghost. And I kind of love that. Especially love that it's an ESPN article that does some like actual like legitimacy. Wow. Okay. So I just, can I just read some of this article? Absolutely. Okay. So right now they're all hanging out, goofing off, (laughs) ghost hunting, having a ball. And um, so the the psychic Francine says, Don, do you want to talk with Eddie Plank? I do. So Don is the the reporter. Lights go off. We switch to night vision. Francine tells me Eddie is here. He seems to be laughing a lot. Won't pitch to me. But you two can talk. And here's where I start writing the end of my resume. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's so funny. Let's see. On... One of the page two dot com gods and way too knowledgeable about baseball encyclopedia just happened to mention I was uh, just happened to mention as I was leaving the shop. Hey, if you see Eddie Plank, ask him if the 1914 World Series was fixed. Of all the things I remember, this I remember. That's hilarious. Okay, so he's going to I feel like that's a very confrontational start. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see the results. He he asks him and Eddie through the medium, said, no, you startled him. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it says, Eddie, there's talk that the 1914 World Series that you pitched for Philadelphia was thrown. Is that true? No, you startled him. Francine talking with Eddie then to me. There was someone named Joe involved. And where was Joe from? Another team. Did Joe play for the A's at one time? Did Connie Mack want you to win or lose? He doesn't know. Did all your teammates want to win? You know what? He's not comfortable all of a sudden. Which one didn't want to win, Eddie? He's feeling very uncomfortable. We know it wasn't you, Eddie. Which one didn't want to win? He says it wasn't fixed. Someone tried to throw it. How did they try and throw it? Someone tried to make a deal, and then someone else refused. Did you know that before or after the game? He's feeling very attacked. I'm not attacking anybody. You're the only one there. The only one I can talk to. Can't believe I actually said that. How did he feel when he knew people wanted to tamper with his game? He was pissed. What did he do about it? Not enough, he says. There was pressure on him. Pressure to do what? Pressure to do nothing. Anybody ask you to throw it? Yes. Who? I got a J? I think it's Joe. What did you tell him? He had to think about it a long time. He had to think about throwing the game? That's not very sportsman-like if you're thinking about throwing it. Francine gets mad saying, hey, he'll leave. <laughs> I pissed off the ghost. <laughs> so what did you tell the guy? No, absolutely not. You know who the guy is, don't you? He says yes. Is this person's family still alive? He says yes. He's a big name. Eddie, buddy, I love you, but he you can't say he's a big name and not tell me. Don, he's going to walk out of here. He's sweating. He's heating up my body pretty well. He's not. Wow. Wow. This is blowing my mind yeah. because it's like. Can you imagine still feeling anxiety after dying? 
just like I want to like there has to be so much like presumed power involved that even a dead person is like they will get me. Yeah, he's a big name. And then he said, "Okay, Eddie, thank you if you're near TV, watch ESPN." And Eddie was gone. Never did pitch to me, but Francine is now suggesting he might throw out my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. See, that's the other thing, because they always talk about in ghost hunting is like, you want to be polite. Like, it's like you're coming into someone's house or someone's like energy field. And it's like, you don't want to fucking like rile them up immediately. You know what I mean? Like, I do love the like drama of it all. Like, obviously, that's what the sports person, like the the reporter was trying to do. But it's just kind of crazy to like, be like, hey, Eddie are you a cheater is your legacy tarnished and like what did you know you know the trying to be like of course that's the thing i remember like right yeah but you're also a human being like you're walking up to you a stranger and being like telling me tell me the thing you feel the most guilty about also uh missed opportunity ask him what the afterlife is like like maybe <laughs> you should be focusing on like the things we care about you know like what's it like to be dead god that is so funny (laughs) we're wasting our time talking about the 1914 world series in 1996 it was a hundred years ago that it's so funny crazy absolutely crazy anyway i hope eddie plank is good now and i just wish he i want him to know if he's listening i would have never done him like that Never. Yeah, right? I, I at least would have introduced myself first. Yeah, Come on, Don. What the no, hell? Yeah, there was no, like, I'm a big fan. Tell me your favorite moment in baseball. It was, like, immediately, like, you're a cheater. He's, like, the Zach Baggins before Zach Baggins. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, that was meant to be a short story, but it got a little out of hand, which is totally fine. Yeah, I didn't expect to find so much about Eddie Plank. <laughs> I didn't know who that was before this episode. So let's move on. All right. The next one is the Hockey Hall of Fame. The Toronto home of the Hockey Hall of Fame is a repository of memorabilia and anecdotes about some of the greatest players in hockey history. However, the ghost that allegedly haunts the building probably never skated a shift in her life. Oh, I love this. Coward. Since moving to its current digs in 1993, the hall has endured the company of Dorothy, the ghost of an employee of the Bank of Montreal branch formerly housed in the building. As the legend goes, Dorothy was a vivacious teller at the bank when in 1953 she showed up for work early and promptly shot herself. Ooh, Dorothy. Oh, they really tricked you with that sentence. Yeah. This makes you think like full of life. I thought for sure we were going to murder. <laughs> Legends can't seem to agree on exactly where or why the young woman took her own life, but whatever her motivations, Dorothy wasn't gone long. Soon after her death, employees started hearing noises in the bank late at night and noticed that things were inexplicably moving around on the desk. Visitors and employees continue to report hearing Dorothy walking around, encountering cold spots, and feeling a presence while in the hall. Cold spots in the ice sport hall of fame <laughs> yeah she belongs there and in perfectly that's crazy though that like legend can grow that much since 1953 that nobody really knows what happened like can't you just, just look at the news well that's the thing about like um 
suicide or you know sudden deaths is that like it's so taboo in our society to talk about it which is kind of a bummer like I don't know I guess because it's improper to enjoy the drama is that what is that why yeah honestly probably yeah (laughs) it they just don't want you to like think about them in that that way also the image um but if you're gonna talk about the suicide talk about the life too like you know yeah that one's a bummer to go into your job and do it because that definitely means like their job sucked and she worked at a bank and maybe i'm just resonating because i'm struggling with my job right now because we're so busy yeah but (laughs) i mean to show up early there's no way working in a bank is fun oh it's gotta be brutal you just get to touch money all day I was going to say, well, I was going to say, all the people you want to give money to, you can't. All the people you don't want to give money to, you have to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that would drive me crazy. It's, poor lady. What a bummer. (laughs) I know, that is such a bummer. And then they were like, oh, this is the perfect spot for a ski hall of fame. No one wants to bank here anymore. Let's put Brett Hull's jersey in. Damn. And now she's like, I do like to think like maybe she's like a a, a hockey aficionado. She's a super fan. She's a big Leafs she's fan. Everything about everything. Yeah. That's so fun. She gets excited when like the, the famous hockey players come and visit. Yeah. Hey, oh my god, it's you! They did it. I bet there's other ghosts too because Toronto's old as heck. Yeah. Right? Isn't Canada just as... Yeah, Canada's just as old as the United States. I assume. I don't know much about it. Actually, native land and things like that i like to think i'm picturing a whole new afterlife for her she loves hockey it's not like the bank at all she has some fun toronto ghosts that check in it's great she's doing great yeah never has to worry about money another day in her life (laughs) ah beautiful yeah that one kind of threw us for a loop yeah because um she's not really a sports person but i see the connection Anyway, do you want to hear an even sadder one? <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. This is kind of a bummer. I think because they're athletes, like it's not like they all died peacefully in their bed, you know. Like, <laughs> well, we don't we don't know how uh, Eddie Plank died. His was fun. I think he died naturally. Well, 1970 to 1926. I mean, I I think that's kind of why I I got so blindsided by the other one because it's like that one was just a ghost story yeah the other one is the story of a real life human being yeah yeah i always have a hard time when it's more recent when did this happen 1953 1953 yeah um that's still too recent we need to be a hundred years out we need no family i apologize um (laughs) for bringing that one up we slipped into true crime it happens sometimes and I don't like when it does. Unavoidable. <laughs> but let's do something sadder. Okay. I'm going to bum you out in four words. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Professional wrestler Owen yep, Hart. you could have done it in one. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners who don't know, then the rest of the sentence will tell you why it's sad. But any 90s WWE fans, oh my god. Um, professional wrestler Owen Hart tragically fell to his death while he was being lowered into the ring for a WWF show in Kansas City's Kemper Arena in 1999. 
Earlier this year, the Kansas City Star ran a small item commenting on the on a Haunted America column that suggested Hart's ghost now haunts the arena. The reports were somewhat vague, but employees claimed to have seen Hart walking the rafters while dressed in his blue blazer costume, the gimmick he was portrayed when he was, he died. The same witnesses claimed to have seen the cable that Hart used for his descent into the arena, and some claimed lights in the arena flickered during these sightings. Ugh, that makes me feel sick. Imagine just seeing, like, a ghostly cable. Ugh. So, um, I was watching this. You were? Yeah. They didn't show it they didn't show it live on TV, thankfully, because they were showing like match promo and stuff. Oh my but god. But they came back from the one video package and were like real somber and like this is not part of the show. This is not a gimmick. This is not any of that. This is like a real thing that happened. And to that point, like I I knew and all the people I was watching with knew that it was him like as the blue blazer but like that was his whole gimmick was like Owen Hart was a famous wrestler long before that but he had kind of fallen off and was coming back as the blue blazer who was just a guy who would come in and just fuck up a match and leave he would come out of nowhere and for the pay-per-view he was set up to come in from the like the jumbotron from the rafters and his harness just didn't do anything it like wasn't attached correctly. Yeah, right? he he fell the whole way. Dude, oh, I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that it was so public. I hate that it. He knew. And it was one of those things too, where like, and like in, sitting in a room full of people, and there's still show left, and you, it was pay per view, and in the '90s, so like. It was you. You paid for it. It was like an event. Would you leave, like, if you were there? No, you know what I think. Probably not, because I think I think everyone had a a fucking idea, but I bet a lot of people were hopeful he'd survive, right? Because you didn't I, know he died immediately. I think they said it pretty quickly. Really, they mentioned it during the show. I that he had passed on. I don't remember now, but. It's definitely conflated in my head if it if it they didn't say it right away because I remember the them coming back and saying that he fell and like oh saying God. that it was him and whatever and then he's dead so like maybe it didn't happen at the same time but like do you know how old he was? You know the weird thing is I was just looking this up the other day. <laughs> that is weird, you weirdo. Like by the other day, I mean let's see. Uh, four days ago. <laughs> like I, I yeah. currently have a picture of the blue blazer saved on my phone because I was sending it to my friend telling him the same story. Wow. He was like in his thirties, right? I would imagine, but nineteen sixty-five to nineteen ninety-nine. So... Yeah, so thirty-four. Thirty-four, younger than you. Thanks. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like the Hearts are like a legendary wrestling family, and like they're they're still Hearts wrestling now. There was Hearts before them. They're just like the Canadian wrestling scene is the Hart family. Wow! Oh my God. Anyway, his ghost is still haunting. <laughs> oh, this is why we don't cover stuff like this because it's hard to just focus on like when it's current enough like this. Um, it's hard to just focus on. 
the paranormal. I think the paranormal is that this is the second time I'm talking about Owen Hart in a week. That is kind of creepy. No jumping from ceilings for you. That's all I have to say. No, no. I I think like legitimately, I've been afraid to do anything that involves a harness. Yeah, keep being. I I also am though. As I get older, the need to do things like that, like jump out of a plane or bungee jump, is like I'd rather just drink a margarita on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if comedy just gives me the adrenaline rush I need. Like I'm not a full blown adren- adrenaline junkie, but there's so many things in comedy that like gets me going, gets my heart pumping that I don't need to jump out of a plane. I'm okay. Yeah, that feels silly. <laughs> yeah. But um anyway, so he's been seen um at the arena, the lights in the arena f- flicker. Um it's really interesting like thinking about him being there and staying like I almost wonder if this is more of just like um like the energy that gets like stuck you know what I mean than his actual ghost give me give me one second to do a a quick google because while this is an impactful story in the history of my life uh picturing this uh, this image walking around as a ghost forever is is very funny to me. If this is the costume you're seeing walking around the top of your arena on a semi-regular basis, you could have it worse. I'm scared to see it. I don't want to laugh too hard. <gasps> no. It's, you know, it's not that. I Okay, I can't even imagine him falling like that. Yeah, right. The only thing that, like he's literally wearing feathers like the cape is hilarious and like he he was already a legend so like the fact that he was doing a character like this was just like extra it was just every, like everybody knew it was him but they were still pretending for a very long time that they didn't know and he was like just the disruptive dude coming in and messing with people and like this is such like a nice person face. Oh yeah, like like a nice guy. <gasps> they have cool little action figures. God, the the instinct to buy something like this is so hard to repress. <laughs> Damn, R.I.P. Owen Hart. R.I.P. The lady at that bank. So who's our next dead ghost? <laughs> This one actually seems a little more lighthearted, but um, yeah, I can't believe, I can't even imagine. I can't even, I don't even want to imagine seeing that or like, no, you know, saving up the money to take your kid to that. Oh. That that was the thing that kind of stuck with me with that of like, because like it, it was me and all my friends and all of our dads. Yeah. And then we all just had to kind of go about the rest of our night. And like this was like it's a monthly cool. thing. We all got together for every one, every month. Not to laugh, but it also just kind of reminds me of like how fast you're reminded of of your own mortality. Like we all just kind of live our lives like worried about stuff and um which is normal. We shouldn't focus on death. But then all of a sudden something happens like like I saw someone that was missing their leg or like um you get into like a, a fender bender that could be much worse. And you're just like, dang, yeah. I am fragile. 
one day something could just happen and I could just be uh, missing an eye or dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only two outcomes. I was going to say, those aren't, those are perfectly fine. You can still live with that, but it's just like, there's, there's these points in your life where there's no going back. And that's just such a scary thing to think about. Yeah. So who's our next? <laughs> like when I started dating you, what a, what a Ugh, tragedy. No going back. <laughs> <laughs> there's no going back. Like the black eyed peas once said. No, um, no. It is the black eyed peas, right? No. Katy Perry. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're they right. got sued by some other Christian band for it. That's the only reason I know that specifically. <laughs> Anyway, this one should be better. The Notre Dame. Okay, so George Gipp. You know him? The Gipper. The Gipper. What a terrible nickname. I hate it. Well, it got Ronald Reagan into office, so I can't be mad at it. It did? Oh, screw this guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Notre Dame football star who inspired Newt Romney's famous win one for the Gipper speech may still be lurking around campus. That's going to be me. I'm going to die and go back to Penn State. I, I, I found the article, so I'm reading along with you now. Okay. I, I've known... Jump ahead. No, I am not ahead of you. Trust me. Okay. I've known Newt Rockney's name forever. I have never seen it written, and if I saw it without you reading it, <laughs> I would not have assumed it was somebody I've ever heard of. That's fun, because I just guessed at that name. Anyway, the Gipper. Let's hold it against him. Anyway. I'll hold Gipper. Ronald Reagan against him. <laughs> now kiss <laughs> Gip was the first fighting Irish player to make all the all-American team but his life was tragically cut short oh my god when he contracted pneumonia and died in 1920 at just 25 years old this is why we don't talk sports on this goddamn podcast Dan <laughs> it's so sad I can't believe they're all taking this turn Oh, I thought because this one is so fun at the end. I I just missed this. Gip allegedly caught the illness that ended his life while sleeping on Washington Hall's steps one evening. Weirdo. Soon after his death, students started hearing strange noises throughout the building. Papers would rustle under the doors late at night and horns would mysteriously sound with no apparent source. By 1925, there were reports of Gip riding a white horse up the same steps and Gip's spect- spectral legend started to grow. Others have claimed Gip materializes on Washington Hall's dramatic stages and set rooms. If it's truly the ghost of Gip stalking around the building, he has a fresh reason to be upset. Last November, his body was exhumed and stripped of a femur to settle a long-standing paternity suit. Whoa. (laughs) How do you leave it on that? What was the result? Last November? Okay, so he died... In 1920, this article came out in 2008. Why are they using? There's no one more current, or is it because he's older? They're using it for paternity. Is it his kid? No, not a chance. That would be amazing. Maybe it's like a lineage. Maybe it's like his kids, 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 and they're like, we need to prove this. We want some of that Gip money. Yeah, the only reason I know of of I don't even know his first name, Gip. Is because Ronald Reagan played him in the movie about him. Oh, so he was sleeping outside. Why is there a movie? So, okay, so he's a football star that fell asleep outside at twenty, and he he was twenty five at college, or was he visiting the college or something? Um, I'm assuming he was still going there. 
Okay. I get it. I would get drunk. I wouldn't fall asleep outside because my friends would take me home. But, you know, do you think it was drunken shenanigans? Probably. Of his own. I don't, I don't automatically assume, like, any misdeeds. But I don't think there was foul play. I think he probably, and I bet you if it was just like a warmer night, it wouldn't have been a problem. Just pneumonia really got you back in the 1920s. That is wild, though, because like the with the stages and set rooms, why? Yeah. Why? I mean, if it seems like he was a really gregarious guy, you're, right? You're telling me the theater kids see the ghost? Of course they do. <laughs> he calls to them and he says they should have done theater also do you remember when the the jesus at notre dame got struck by lightning no tell me that story i don't know that story at all they have a statue called touchdown jesus because it's jesus with his hands up in the air here's a picture of what it looks like now (laughs) i think now i don't think they ever fixed it wow it is obliterated it doesn't look like jesus at all this, yeah, it got struck by lightning and got burnt all the way down to the frame. Oh my god. That is ominous. <laughs> Touchdown, Jesus. That is a very Catholic school thing to do, to put like a, like a freaking touchdown Jesus over your sports. We used to pray before all, because I went to Catholic school, but we would pray before all of our games. Wow. There you go. Oh yeah. It looks insane. You would think they'd want to rebuild that. I, I'd i be more inclined to knock the whole thing down. <laughs> there's literally a picture of it on fire, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, there's there's devil in that. <laughs> the light. Oh, it does kind of look like a devil with horns. Oh, my God. Yes. Do you see it? Some mid-2000s action movie got its set piece that day. Heck, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, but R.I.P. Gip, I hope um, that paternity suit went well for your family. And listeners, I'm sorry this is such a bummer to this week. I thought the sports would be fun, but they um, are all taking some some left turns, some ground rule doubles, some out of bounds, if I do say so myself. Sorry. Not one laugh. Not one laugh. Sorry. Those, that was. Those stretches. That was very good. But. In 2007, Gip's body was exhumed to do DNA testing to see if he was indeed the father of a baby who was born within days of his death. Whoa. Was he? He was not discovered to be the father. Whoa, they did it for no reason. The crazy part. (laughs) Uh That person died in 2006. So... They were doing a paternity test with a dead body on a dead body. That's so weird. Or for a dead body. I I assume, like, grandkids were tired of, like, the rumors of, like... Right. But But seriously, what a gigantic waste of time. Wow. Three generations later and you're not related. All that. Kind of a bummer. Sometimes it's better not to know and just keep the family legend going. Yeah, right. Unless they're involved or whatever. Got going on Antiques Roadshow, and you're like, no, that's just a plate. (laughs) 
I hate Antique Roadshow. That's another one that just get emotionally, like, you thought your thing was worth money and it's not. Ugh, hurts my heart every time. Turns out it's just sentimental. Oh. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you. You ready? Go for it. Okay, Frontier Field. Frontier Field was built in Rochester in 1996. It's currently the home to the Rochester Red Wings of Baseball's International League. It's also home to a whole slew of ghosts. According to a 2005 report aired by ESPN, construction of the stadium unearthed some human bones. Oh. And soon, stadium workers suspected that the grounds might be haunted. 2004, these suspicious employees brought in a team of ghost experts from Rochester Paranormal to have a look at the stadium. The investigators claimed that they encountered a number of ghosts of people who had previously lived in the area, some of whom were ecstatic that their old haunts had been converted into something as much fun as a baseball stadium. Research director Jay Burkhart also took several photographs during the investigation that showed floating heads, smoking entities, and other paranormal activity. Given their experiences at the stadium, Rochester Paranormal concluded that the stadium was definitely haunted, making Frontier Field the world's first officially haunted stadium. Wow. Love it. I love that one. It's funny because, like, some of the people just totally got my, like, kind of radar going. I'm like, I don't, I don't think. They, they were ecstatic. Okay. How come how come ghosts are never just okay with things? I want them to be ecstatic. Don't you take oh, us away no, from No, I want them to be happy. I want them to be to be so thrilled that they get to watch baseball every day instead of the nothing they were doing for all the years in between. But like I don't know. It's baseball. Not everybody is like loves baseball. I didn't think they said Every they said they encountered a number of ghosts who had previously lived in the hour, and some of that number were ecstatic. But I'm more interested now in the debate. Then, like, is there like some <laughs> like city council like vote going on of like, well, at least on the ghost side of things, we need to put a united front. Majority wins. We're either pro or con. Oh yeah, they're definitely fighting it out right now. There's definitely people that are like. I liked it better when it was just land or decrepit farm buildings. There were less people. But then there's other people who are like, oh, well, what are you going to do about it? Do we know what it was? No. I just assumed it was farmland because it's Rochester. Cause but... that, that has the potential to be troubling, too. Yeah. It unearthed yeah. some human bones. And we know already that that's at least three because some of whom were ecstatic which means it can't be just one of them and if there's two there's a lot of bones there <laughs> there's a lot of articles about it about the bones about it being haunted i want it to be like the simpsons mall episode where it's all just a commercial ploy Right. Well, it was first a okay. So, get new facts. It was first a soccer field. Oh, so it was a bunch of dead soccer players. Yeah. They're like Rochester just really isn't going for this kind of football. Let's uh, bulldoze this with the players still in the game, and we'll just start <laughs> something else on top of it. Oh, they also. I think you're right because it's saying they did also talk to some negative entities. Like how negative? 
They're not. They just describe them as negative. I, I want the negative ones to be like the ones you see in movies, and the positive ones to be only Casper. So it looks like there were buildings knocked down. I'm a good guesser because there. Well, I'm not. There was an <laughs> old school building which notoriously had leftover energy. Um, and also an old paper mill, which was previously haunted by a janitor. And I think, I can't think of a ghost who would love a baseball field more than an old dead janitor. Oh, man. Imagine just that upgrade feeling. It's like you're a janitor and then you're stuck in a paper mill. You're like, God, oh, come on. And then you're stuck with nothing for a little while and then baseball. Yeah, that rocks. That's like ghost retirement. Yeah, he did it. He waited around long enough for things to get better. So that is a good message, I think. Yeah, even if it takes a couple lives. Even if it takes a couple decades and a couple decrepit buildings, just hold on. (laughs) Your baseball stadium is coming. Start playing Wilson Phillips in in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was our article on sports, haunted sports, things. Thank you, Dan, for coming on to the show. Of course. Do you have any uh, recommendations for our listeners? I recommend they all listen to Blanket and Covers and Feel Feeling. Where can they find that? They can find that anywhere you get podcasts. They are on all the places. And where they can they find you? I am Danny underscore gets on everything. Doesn't matter what platform you prefer. I'm on all of them with that one. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for jumping in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Jaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.